Awesome. You can be seated. It is such a privilege and honor to be here. How many of you think you guys have the best pastors on the planet? Yes, yes. What I love about your pastors is uh, they have passion. And, uh, you know, some people are cool and some people are trendy. But then they get too cool and then they get too trendy and then they lose their passion. And what I love about your pastors is, man, as soon as the song is going, he's dancing. Come on. He's got passion for God. And uh, how many of you just love his teaching? Just the offering message. I'm like, oh, and I'm going to steal that and not give him any credit. It's going to be Awesome. So it is a, a privilege to be here. Some of our team came down here, uh, and I was telling Rachel, I was even telling your pastor, I was like, man, this church is awesome. Are we sure we want to plant? Can't we just uh, attend here because this place is awesome? And our people that are visiting here tonight that are on our launch team, uh, kick them out. Don't let them stay. They've got work to do in Los Angeles. Uh, famous scriptures found in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Come on. How many of you believe the supernatural power of God can come upon you and you can get to the God-given destiny that he has for you? Come on. How many of you believe? that tonight. Uh, I am one of those weird people that actually like to run. Come on, is there any runners in here? You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I should have known in San Diego. In North Carolina, there was none. But in Southern California, especially where we live by the beach in Manhattan Beach, they run all the time. And it's actually something that I love to do. I love to run. It's kind of my time where I listen to podcasts. I kind of do my devotions. And, and I get away from uh, the art. We have three kids, and uh, I love them. But sometimes you need a half a second away from them. And uh, it's just kind of my, my time. And so I run. And when I come back, my family knows that I've been running because I'm a lot less stressed, and it's just kind of my deal. And, in fact, I've run the New York City Marathon two times. Uh, in fact, when you finish the New York City Marathon, they give you a, a medal. And most people wear the medal, you know, for a few hours. I wore it 14 days in a row. And everywhere I would go, I'd be like, oh, oh, did my metal fall out of my shirt? I'm so sorry. Uh, and so uh, I, 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 it, it's my claim to fame. It's my thing that I was proud of. And uh, it's, uh, it was one of those things that as a church, I got the church behind it and said, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to run the New York City Marathon. And I got my family to uh, go up to New York. And uh, we had people from our church to come and bring video cameras and uh take photos of this, and we were going to show me running the marathon to the church during the church service, and I just had this in my mind how cool it was going to be. You know what I mean? In your mind, you, you think like here you are running, and you're, you're, the sweat is kind of going, and you're you know, and I, and I could see like my wife sitting there and being like, oh, 
going. I, I could see my kids being there like, Hercules, Hercules. And, and, and I could see my church, you know, like, that's our pastor. Come on, preacher, white boy, you know. And, and so I see it all in my mind of what's going to happen. And so at mile nine, we had cameras. We had video cameras. We were going to link up to our church. And, uh, and, I, and I, my kids were there, and my wife was there. And I had it all in my mind, like this Fabio moment where they looked at me and my hair was flowing in the back and I just ah and and I saw it in my mind but what I didn't know is there are 40,000 people that run the New York City Marathon it took me a half an hour just to get to the start line that's frustrating y'all and so you get like, you're like in sardines with all these people and you get stuck in this pack because there's so many. And so at mile nine, I was stuck with a bunch of people that I didn't know. But all of these people uh, were actually running for breast cancer awareness, which is a really good cause and a really good thing. But they had also at mile nine, they were going to let everyone know that they were running for breast cancer awareness because... They had bedazzled their sports bras, and they had designed all of these things and stuff. And at mile nine, they, they took off their shirts to run for breast cancer awareness. And so here's my wife looking at me, and all of a sudden, these ladies, woo! And there's our church. There's our pastor. Woo! Uh, there's my kids. So, so what, what do you do in that situation? I just took off my shirt and went, woo, too. Come on, point to your neighbor and say, sometimes you just got to run. The Bible is full of running stories. The, the Bible says that David actually uh, ran towards Goliath. And, and he didn't run away. He ran towards the enemy. The Bible says that, that, that Philip ran beside the chariot. Peter ran to the empty tomb. In fact, uh, the Bible says that, that Potiphar's wife was trying to hit on, uh, uh, hit on, uh, he was trying to hit on Joseph. And Joseph was like getting freaked out and he ran. It was like the, the, the first first uh, cougar in the Bible and he he took off uh, he ran and and so the Bible is all full of stories about running in fact Paul uses running in fact even uh, uh, tonight as we were taking communion just talking about the, the 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 faith run and and running a race for God and so I really like this mentality or this mindset that that God can strengthen us for the journey come on how many of you believe God can strengthen you for the journey how many of you need his strength right now? Come on, anybody need his strength right now? And there's a famous story in the Bible found in 1 Kings chapter 18. And in 1 Kings chapter 18, it's a very significant and a very famous story. It's the story where Elijah prays down fire and uh, kills the prophets of Baal. And then he begins to pray for rain. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 18 that, that he begins to pray in verse 44. And and it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get down, that the rain won't stop you. And it came to pass that when the heaven was black with clouds and wind, that there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah. He girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel.
I love that story. I, I like that the fact that the power of God comes upon Elijah and he actually outruns a chariot to Jezreel. Now, what's interesting about that is that it was actually 17 miles from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. And uh, uh, archaeologists and theologians have studied the built, uh, the technology and how those chariots were built back in those days. And they actually say that the average chariot went between 15 and 20 or, or, or like about uh, uh, 30 miles per hour. And, and, and Pastor Jurgen, that's 27 to 48 kilometers per hour just in case you wanted to know that uh, uh, and and so uh these these chariots were pretty fast in fact the world record for the 100 meter dash is 9.58 seconds which translates to 23.4 miles per hour so in essence for elijah to outran a chariot he was probably running at world record speed but not only for 400 or 100 meters come on he ran at world record speed for 17 miles come on how many of you need some supernatural strength to get to where God has called you to go 17 miles can you imagine never having to be stuck in traffic because you could just run to where you needed to be 17 miles at world record speed in front of a chariot because the power of God came upon him. And I believe tonight the power of God is available for you and I to get us from where we're at to where we're supposed to be. And we can't get there alone. We can't get there by ourselves. But the Holy Spirit tonight can empower us, can strengthen us, and we can get to where we need to be come on if you believe it say yeah just to make me feel like I'm still at North Carolina would you point to your neighbor and say run Forrest run <laughs> come on he he got from from Mount Carmel all the way to Jezreel which is 17 miles away but what's interesting is if you look at the topography not only was he running at world record speed but to get from Mount Carmel to Jezreel it was a hill and there were valleys not only were there hills and valleys but there were sharp turns how many of you know in life there's some things that we don't expect how many of you know in life as Christians there's some highs and there's some lows there's some things that we didn't see coming but the power of God was upon Elijah and he was able to get to where he needed to be despite the hills despite the valleys despite the turns that were unexpected he was got there because of the power of God how many of you are thankful that God can help you through the the turns that you didn't see coming Come on, how many of you have ever been in a valley before? Come on, anybody ever been in a valley? Anybody ever been in a difficult situation? But God's power can get us through that. You know what's interesting is tonight was one of the highlights of me this summer coming here because uh, not only to be with this awesome church and your pastors, but when I was nine months old, I was actually abandoned in San Diego. Yeah, nine months old. Uh, this city, first time I've ever preached in San Diego, I was actually abandoned as a nine-month-year-old. My mother was uh, addicted to drugs, 
And uh, in fact, uh, when I was born, I went through heroin withdrawals. Some of you are like, yeah, that explains a lot. But uh, uh, I, I, I actually uh, was abandoned in San Diego, dropped off at a doorstep of a relative, and all I had was a bottle with Coca-Cola and a diaper, and that's all I had to my name. And now look at where I'm at today. Uh, I'm preaching at one of the greatest churches in America with one of the greatest pastors in America, and there have been some highs Come on, there's been some lows. There's been some stuff I didn't know if I could navigate through. But can I tell you, I didn't have to navigate through it because the power of God sustained me. The power of God strengthened me. The power of God guided me. The power of God got me here. And God is no respecter of persons. Come on, if he can help Elijah, he can help you. If he can help me, he can help you. Come on, he's the same yesterday today and forever hallelujah turn to your neighbor and say run forest run I, I like this story power of God comes upon Elijah come on that that's better than any Starbucks latte come on that's better than Red Bull power of God comes upon him and he outruns a chariot with a horse all the way to Jezreel. That's fast. But not only does he get there, there was difficult situations. There was highs and lows. Not only that, the Bible says that there was a storm that was arising. Come on, wind that was arising. It hadn't rained for three and a half years. When it rains after a drought, the water doesn't just go into the ground. It becomes flash flooding. So literally, not only is he running at a supernatural pace, at a supernatural speed with a great endurance, he is also running with a storm. Come on, there was wind that was pushing him. Come on, there were things that were trying to get him to stay where he was at. But because the power of God was on him, that storm didn't paralyze him that storm didn't keep him in his past but the power of God got him through the storm and there will be storms that we face but I'm here to tell you you don't have to stay in the storm you don't have to stay where you're at but the power of God can get you through it and no weapon formed against you is gonna prosper in the name of Jesus come on if you believe it say yeah I love that. I love that. The power of God comes upon Elijah. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, run, Forrest, run. Y'all been in San Diego way too long. You said it way too fast. Come on. If you were from North Carolina, it would take you a whole sentence to say that. So one more time. Say it again. Sounded like tongues and needed an interpretation, but that's okay. I, I, I like this story. He was at Mount Carmel, needed to get to Jezreel, and the power of God comes upon him. And he is able to go at supernatural speed through some pretty difficult situations. The highs, the lows. Not only the highs and the lows, but this storm, and he still gets there. But what's not, what, what I also like about this passage of Scripture is we know at the point Elijah's pretty tired. 
He's pretty exhausted. He's just killed 400 prophets of Baal. And I don't think they just lined up, right? They didn't just line up, kill me. They're probably trying to get away. And you could, this is one I want to see on Blu-ray in heaven, right? Because you know he was wax on, wax off, come on. He's like the Jack Bauer of Jack Bowers, come on. He kills 400 prophets of Baal. I mean, that was a workout. You, you think P90X is good? Come on. You think all that other stuff is good? Try killing 400 folks. Well, don't, don't try it. <laughs> Take that off the podcast. <laughs> but, but that's a workout. They're trying to get away. He's trying to chase them. Come on. He's elbowing. He's kicking. He's stabbing. He's worn out. Come on. In life, sometimes we are going so many directions. We get worn out physically. Come on, anybody worn out in a little bit physically? Come on. Yeah, it's, it's Sunday night. You came to the house of God. And, but at the same time, you're a little bit tired. Like, how did the weekend go so fast? And you think about where you have to be in the morning. You think about what you have to do. And you can start to get a little bit more fatigued. Come on. Uh, Pastor Jurgen went and said he came back from vacation. I've gone on vacation and needed a vacation from my vacation. I took my kids to Disney. They said it's the best place on earth. They lie. <laughs> Liars. Come on. It's hot, 120 degrees. Got cotton candy stuck all over my face. Come on. Uh, 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 he's tired. He's just killed 400 prophets of Baal. Not only is he physically tired, but he's probably spiritually tired. When was the last time you prayed and the weather changed? And the Bible says that he prayed like seven times, which I always think is weird because you would think Elijah prays the one time and says, go check. And I mean, he's a man of God. He prayed, nothing happened. You ever done that before? Three of you, the rest of you are saints. Come on. Have you ever prayed before and just gave up? He kept on pushing through. He kept on praying. And finally, the Bible says on the seventh time, about a, a, a size of a man's hand, there was a cloud coming in. And, and, and so he prayed for a breakthrough. He's probably physically worn out. He is probably emotionally worn out. He was he is having to uh, deal with Ahab and all this stuff. But the power of God, no matter how tired you are, no matter how worn out you are, no matter how frazzled you are, no matter how difficult life has been and what you're dealing with right now, the power of God is available to you and I to strengthen us. You might be worn out tonight, but I tell you, the power of God is here to strengthen you. And they're going to ask you tomorrow, what kind? kind of vitamins are you on? Come on. What kind of moisturizer are you using? And you'll say it's nothing but the Holy Spirit that has empowered me, that has strengthened me, and I'm able to do what God's called me to do, not by my might, but by his power and by his strength. Come on, if you need his power and his strength, would you lift up both hands towards heaven? Come on. Lift up both hands towards heaven. Say, Father God, by faith, right now, I receive your supernatural strength. Strengthen my mind. Strengthen my body. Strengthen my spirit. Because I know my best is yet to come. Come on, if you believe that, say, yeah. Come on, do it again. Tell your neighbor, run, Forrest, run. I, I, I like this story. 
I like it. Power of God comes upon Elijah. He runs with supernatural speed at a supernatural distance. He gets through the highs and the lows. He, he not only navigates through the valleys, but he's able to go through the storm. And he does this all with a pretty busy day, being fatigued and tired. But God's power strengthens him to get him to where he's supposed to be. And I like this story, too, because if this story was about me, it would have been a little bit different. Because I'm still getting sanctified. Is there anybody here still getting sanctified? Yeah, and I, I've been justified, but Pastor Jurgen, I, I still got some areas I'm, need, I'm being sanctified in. And, and, and the times that I realize I still need sanctification is when I'm on the freeway. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like I'm saved, but for a minute, I want to backslide. <laughs> ha have you ever been to the store? Have you ever been to the store and you get in line, and then while you're next, they turn off the light and say you got to get in another line? I, I, just, I, just wanna, I just want to backslide for 32 seconds and let them know what I think. Anybody with me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I, I look at this story. And I'm thinking, that's cool, Elijah, that you ran. But if the story was about Israel, if it was about me, and I was, I just killed 400 prophets of Baal. Uh-oh. Right? <laughs> I, I, I just called down rain. I just called down fire. <laughs> I'm a bad mamma jamma. And you want me to run? I'm running and Ahab is in a chariot? If it was me and I already killed 400 prophets of Baal, I would kill one more, lower the rims on that chariot, put on some tunes, and rolled up to Jezreel. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying... I'd be pretty frustrated that I'm even in this predicament because of this knucklehead. And, and how many of you know there's some knuckleheads in our life? Now, if they're next to you, don't say amen, but just move your eyebrow. Just kind of. <laughs> how many of you know there's going to be some knuckleheads in life? There's going to be some people that are going to test your patience. There's going to be some people that have maybe abused you or done something wrong to you or hurt you. But Elijah never spends any time looking back to where he was. He continues to look forward to where he's supposed to be. And we've got to, as Christians, come on, not get offended over everything that's ever happened in our life. Because there's going to be some Ahabs. There's going to be some jerks. There's going to be some haters drinking haterade. But we can't focus on on where we've been we got to focus on what God's called us to go and Paul said forgetting those things that lie in the past I press towards the high mark can't you see Elijah never looking back and only looking forward come on your best is still yet to come now the car manufacturers have figured this out the American car manufacturers have realized it's more important to have a big, big windshield looking forward in a very tiny, tiny uh, rear view mirror because they've realized to keep you and I safe, it's more important to be looking at where we're going than to get focused and mad at where we've been. 
And unfortunately, we live in a Jerry Springer society. In fact, I thought I saw a couple. Oh, hey, how are you doing? Uh, 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 episode 12. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, uh, but how many of you know that we, we tend to focus on the drama? Some, is this mic working? Yeah. I didn't hear a single amen. Come on, how many of you know we tend to focus on the drama? Come on, we tend to focus on the pain. We tend to focus on the hurt. But Elijah is not focusing on that knucklehead Ahab. He's not fo focusing on everything he's done wrong. He's focused on where he's supposed to be. And not where he's been, but where he's going. And I thank God that God has gotten you this far. It's by his grace. It's by his power. It's by his strength. But can I tell you, your best is still yet to come. And stop talking about what happened in 1984. Come on, you got to focus on that God has got something incredible for you in the future and he's going to empower you to be able to deal with your past so that you can get to your future he stayed focused supernatural strength supernatural power was able to get him and navigate uh, uh, through the storms and through the valleys and through the hills come on and and he was able to get through that mud and and he was able to continue to go even though Ahab the 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 dork come on Ahab the the the, the jerk was behind him he stayed focused on where he was going and he never once stopped and said hey man this isn't fair Hey, you, you think we could hold hands and talk about this? And, and just because it really hurt my feelings that you got in the chariot. And in the New Testament, I mean, in the New Testament, they even asked Philip up on the chariot. You have even asked me on the chariot, and I'm the man of God. And that really hurt, and it hurt my emotions. And I just don't know if I can connect today. And I'd like to be in a small group, and I'd like to tithe. But there was somebody that was on TV once, and they didn't do it right. So I just don't know if I can do it. And what time I'm at that? And then the other time, and I just can't do it. Can I tell you, forget those things that lay behind and press towards the mark of the high calling. And God's power is able to come upon you so that you don't have to stay where you were and you can get to where you need to be. Come on, somebody say, yeah. Turn to your other neighbor and say, run, Forrest, run. Last thing, and I'll just close with this. Is this all right? Who will give me five more minutes? Who will give me five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. Pastor Jurgen, we're going to have all old school, all night, tent revival. Ha! Hallelujah. Uh, I started to look this up, and it was interesting to me that uh, uh, where Elijah was actually born. And it's, it's pretty interesting because Elijah was actually from Gilead, which is east of the Jordan River, which is south of the Jabbok River, which is northeast of the Dead Sea. And it's actually, you, you needed to know that, right? Uh, uh, uh. But what's interesting is that's actually an area where the Bedouins lived. And uh, the, they were famous for their running ability, much like the Ethiopians are for producing world-class marathon runners. So where Elijah had been born, where he had been trained, was actually the place even today is known for horses that not only run, but run with endurance. So, 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 just, so here he was. He's in this environment 
where they were constantly saying to these horses and pushing them that you can do more than what you think you can do. That's the environment he was raised in. He was raised in an environment that said, that's not good enough. He was raised in an environment that said, no, no, no. There's actually more that you can accomplish and more that you can do. And so when he was running this race, this wasn't something that he had never seen before. He was actually raised in an environment that taught him that God, if God could grab a hold of him, he could do some amazing things beyond what he could think. And uh, I, I was, my wife and I, we, uh, we went to a church in Seattle and uh, you know, uh, it was a great church, but mostly the church was, was a pretty white church. Just, uh, uh, just uh, and nothing wrong with white churches, uh, 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 but, but the, our music style was just kind of like this. It was, we would sing songs like, this is the day. You remember that song? This, come on, do it with me, clap. You got to clap back there. No, no, no. You're not clapping right. Some of you are clapping up here. Old school, you had to bring it way down here. This is the day. And that was our fast song. That was our fast song. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Old school. Anybody know old school? So that was, that was our fast song. And it was all good. We were youth pastors there, and, and God promoted us. And we went from Seattle, from kind of an all-white church. I mean, we were trying to be reach the community and stuff and even change the name that would make it. But we were still pretty white church. Uh, uh, and then we moved to uh, Orlando to youth pastor because our youth ministry had really enlarged. And this church in Orlando asked us to come and be the youth pastors. And when we got there, we were the only white folks. And, 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 and this is all I knew how to do. This is the day. And all they did was this. Can, can I see if any of you got rhythm? Come on, just kind of, you got, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're ready for church. I love it. So, so, so I went from, the, the, just the, I went from, and then I went to this, and then I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Uh, uh, but what was interesting is all of this was kind of stretching me. It's kind of stretching me because it, it was, I was not comfortable with it. And it was just new. And I didn't know anything about this. And I didn't know how to do any of that. And I just, it was weird. And, and when they preached, they'd be like, ha, ah! and, and, and I would be like, hi. <laughs> And, and, and it was just a, it was just a stretch and it was weird and it was, I didn't know what to do. And so, but what was weird is then we moved to North Carolina and became senior pastors. And what was weird is God started doing stuff in our church and our church uh, uh, became 50% African-American and 50% Caucasian. And we were like, this is kind of weird. Cause I, how did, how did two of the whitest people you'd ever meet have a church that was 50% African-American in the South? Well, 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 how did this happen? Well, it wasn't us. I was still messing up my clap. I still never learned how to go, ha! I listened to Jason when it's like, get ready, get ready, woman, thou art loosed. <laughs> just didn't work <laughs> they, were, they were still bound Pastor Gary and I tried <laughs> uh, uh, but, 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 but what happened what, what, what happened it was those moments that we didn't know 
that God was stretching us, God was changing us, God was equipping us, God was doing something in us so that when we were in North Carolina, come on, it was because of the training we were able to see God do something supernatural. And can I tell you, you're at the right church. Can I tell you, you're in the right place at the right time. And right now, you may be stretched with some stuff. You may be like, whoa, what are the lights? Whoa, what about giving? Whoa, stretched and serving. But can I tell you that you're at the right place at the right time and God sees your future and some of you are going to help launch C3 churches in Escondido. Some of you are going to start C3 churches in Los Angeles. Some of you are going to be on the worship team. Some of you guys are going to be giving towards missions and it's all because right now is your training right now is just the time that God is equipping you but he says I see your race I see where you're going and you may not understand right now but he does because he's getting you ready to finish strong and to finish hard and to finish fast in Jesus name come on if you believe it would you say amen Come on, would you stand with me as we close? Come on, would you stand with me? Would you lift up those hands towards heaven? Come on, it's just a sign of surrender. It's a universal sign. If you were in Baghdad and you had those hands up, they would know you meant surrender. Come on, if you were in Argentina and you had those hands up and there was a police, they would know that you're surrendered. You know what, right now, we're just surrendering to God, saying, God, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do, but I know that your power and your strength is available. And I I believe tonight there's going to be some people right now strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to get to your destination. You can't do it on your own, but God's power is available. Amen. Father God, I just pray for every single person with their hands lifted up. God, I thank you that right now your supernatural power is coming upon them. They're going to do things that they could never do in the natural. Their best is still yet to come. And God, you're going to equip them and strengthen them. And this year is going to be an incredible year. This week is going to be an awesome week. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, if you believe that, would you say amen? Come on, would you say amen? Would you do me a favor? Would you just close your eyes right now? Come on, would you just close your eyes? Would you just bow your head? You know, I, I, I preach this message, I believe, with a little bit of passion and authority because I know tonight <laughs> where I should have ended up. I know where I should have ended up. I mean, it is by God's grace that I'm here speaking. His hand was on me. Even though in reality with life getting abandoned, it would look like there was no future and no destiny. But you know what? 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped in for me. And he knew what I was going to deal and deal with. And he situated me in a family that learned and loved Jesus and it revolutionized my life. And I want you to know, I went to a church service and I was depressed and I was suicidal and I was messed up with all the stuff that had happened in my past, all the different abandonment issues, all the different situations. And I, I could keep on going and going and tell you different things. But what I know is I went to a church service on a Sunday night, much like this church service, great pastors, great praise and worship. And I'll never forget being in the very back, depressed, suicidal. And the pastor preached a message about future and hope. And I said, that's me. And you know 
what? It was that moment that I rededicated my life. It was that moment I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want you to know my life has never been the same. It's just like the story of Elijah. The power of God came upon me. I went to Bible school. I met my wife. I began to get involved with ministry. My life was changed from that moment. And I'm here to tell you he's no respecter of persons. He sees exactly where you've been. He's seen exactly what you've dealt with. He's seen exactly what you're struggling with right now. And he says, I love you. I have a plan for you. I have not abandoned you. And I want to get you to your purpose and your destination. And so tonight, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if right now maybe you're just attending church, but you've ne- you don't have a personal relationship, can I tell you, you don't have to be backslidden. You don't have to be away. Tonight, you can get reconnected. Tonight, you can have this same encounter that Elijah did where God's Spirit grabs a hold of you and gets you to where you're supposed to be. So listen, I'm going to ask you to do something brave. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. Elijah was bold. He got out in front of that chariot. God's hand was on him. He outran uh, Ahab to Jezreel. And tonight, if you say, yeah, that's me, Israel, I need to accept Jesus Christ for the very first time. Or Israel, I'm not serving God right now. I'm not walking with him. And I want to rededicate and reconnect my life. I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand high on the count of three.